welcome to Pendleton Center Church. We are the Chancel Choir. If you're new to our church, please pick up a welcome folder that's at the connection site or the welcome and information desk. We'd like to know you are here, so everyone, please put your name on the friendship card you'll find in the bulletin. If you would like to receive the church newsletter or need an update of any information, please be sure to fill out the address, email, and phone number. On the back, you can write prayer concerns, blessings, or notes to the staff. Please enjoy our service and have a blessed day. We do welcome you to Pendleton Center United Methodist Church this morning. I'd like to invite you to our call to worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us rejoice. And be Oh, Lord, come, come to this place and fill our hearts. Fill us with a desire to know you more, to express our incredible love for you. We pray that you will bless this service of worship and it will be a blessing to you. Have an outpouring of your Holy Spirit here, Lord, as we exalt your holy name. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together. There's within my heart a melody. whisper sweet and low fear not i am with thee peace be still in all of life's ebb and flow jesus 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 sweetest name i know fills my every longing keeps me singing as
We have a couple clipboards being passed around this morning. The first is for the fish fries. And the fish fry, we are in a Lenten season of fish fries. And last Friday, we had, we served 797 fish fries. Woohoo! We sold out of everything. We even sold out of French. I mean, we sold out. It was, it's a good problem, you know. <laughs> it's mighty. And we are so thankful and grateful to everyone's ministry working in that area. Um, we also have a, a clipboard going around for the free community dinner that's at um, First Church in Niagara Falls. And I want to let you know that powerful things are happening there. These people are coming and they are being moved by the Spirit and they're coming to the Lord because of your outreach to them. So I thank you for that. And we're asking for donations to continue that ministry for the food there. Um, as you walked in, and if you didn't pick it up on your way out, there's a yellow card that there. And what we're looking for, for everybody to take it and just consider whether or not you'd be willing to do, take part in a caregiving ministry for the church. We want to set up levels of caregiving for all of the people here. So um, check it out, pray over it, tell me, and let me know. But I need you to put your name on it, because I forgot to put, like, where your name goes. So, um, <laughs> so put your name on it and any contact information on the back, all right? Um, so I'm so thankful to be here, to be worshiping with all of you. Let me know what you all are thankful for. How's God been moving in your life? Yes. sun is shining, slipping is coming. Yes, 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 yes. Anyone else want to share what you're thankful for this morning? I mean, I know that God is on the move in all of our lives and hearts. Any other joys to share? Okay. Well, as we, oh, Lynn. You have your entire family here from out of town. How wonderful. Almost everybody, but that's great to have them here. Yeah, wonderful. Anyone else want to share? So let's take some time and reflect on God's goodness. We walk into worship expecting to meet Jesus here and knowing that God has done amazing things in our lives and has blessed us abundantly. So as we return our gifts, tithes, and offerings, please take some time to reflect on God's goodness in your life. <clears throat>
we offer this gift to you because we love you so much. And we are incredibly thankful for what you have done and what you are doing and what you are continuing to do in our lives. We pray that you will bless this gift. Bless this gift to continue your loving witness throughout this church, in this community, and within the world. That people may know you more and experience your powerful love in Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Gracious and merciful God, we come to you this day, opening our hearts to you, opening our hearts to you as a witness to you of our trust in who you are. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives and the lives of those around us. And we lift up to you our concerns, the concerns on our heart, the concerns that are, are burdening us in so many ways where people are hurting. And we pray for your healing touch. We pray for people who are struggling physically, that your healing hand will be upon them. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that they receive complete healing that they have no more disease, no more pain, that people are set free, complete healing in people's bodies, complete restoration and wholeness. Lord, I pray for people's minds, those struggling with anxiety and depression. May that be gone in your name. May that oppression that hovers over people and infiltrates people. Lord, I pray that you cast that out. That demon goes away in the name of Jesus. No more depression, no more anxiety. Lord, I pray for our young people who are struggling so much with this. And I lift them up to you that you will give all who struggle in this way, and especially our young people, your mind. Give them the mind of Christ. Give them a renewed mind that they will know who they are in Christ Embrace your love and walk in freedom and victory. Oh, Lord, I pray for relationships that are strained, broken hearts. Lord, I pray that you'll send healing and forgiveness. Allow people to set aside their pride and offer forgiveness to one another. Give them a sight of your eyes with your love, with your grace and mercy, and bind relationships over. Protect our families, Lord. A blanket of protection over our families, Lord, from this world that is seeking to cause harm. I pray for freedom for all. I pray for people in mourning for grieving hearts, people who are carrying around so much pain from loss. I pray that you will fill them with your comfort and your peace. I lift up to you the, the nation of New Zealand and all the families involved in that horrible event. Lord, I pray for them. Wrap them in your loving arms and help them. Help everyone there to experience you as they go through this horrible time. May your peace abound. Lord, I pray for this church body to grow in its desire, grow in its desire to know you more, grow in its desire to serve you more, grow in its desire to love you more in every part of their lives, that it will be a manifestation in their entire life that we may minister to the world. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in all of these people. I thank you for the ministry you've placed upon us, and I pray you'll continue to guide our ministries in a way that has an impact for you and your name, for your witness, for your victory. May people find you and be transformed, and may we speak your language of love through the transformation in our own heart. I thank you and I praise you for what you're doing in all of our lives. I thank you so much for your incredible love for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Now let's hear from the word of the Lord. Happy St. Patrick's Day. This morning's reading is from Luke chapter 7, verses 11 to 17. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the buyer they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The steps are a little tough yet. We'll see if we need that too. And they praised God, saying, God has come to help his people. A great prophet has appeared among us. According to Luke's gospel, Jesus had been in Capernaum prior to this story that we hear. There, Luke tells us he had healed a Roman centurion servant who was so sick he was about to die. Luke's gospel is full of stories of Jesus healing people who couldn't walk, who had leprosy, who were blind, and all kinds of other maladies. He performed demonic deliverances, fed a hungry crowd of 5,000 plus, and welcomed anyone who was willing to hear him tell stories about how God's kingdom was coming to them. Luke's gospel is about how Jesus acted because he recognized every human being on earth is in great, great need of God. It's about how he worked with needy human beings to spread the news about God's kingdom and show them the kind of healing and salvation that only God can provide. From the beginning of Luke's story, the word of God's promise to save Israel from her enemies was proclaimed as being fulfilled in Jesus. The angel Gabriel had told his mother Mary that he would sit on King David's throne and reign forever. Elizabeth recognized Mary's child as the Lord. Mary proclaimed his mercy would help Israel's poor. Angels and shepherds glorified and praised God at Jesus' birth, and the Holy Spirit gave words to Simeon and Anna that they would give thanks to God for Jesus and proclaim the promise of salvation for all people, even beyond Israel, to people like you and me. The hope of new life in the midst of the brokenness they lived in had finally, finally come. One day, in the midst of healing and cleansing and forgiving people's sins and teaching his disciples, Jesus walks into a town called Nain and raises a young man from the dead. During Jesus' time here on earth, there must have been many people he knew who had died. Why did he raise this one? What does this miracle tell us about Jesus? When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. Another translation says he had compassion on her. Compassion moves people to do things they might not ordinarily do. I have a very dear friend who never married. Lori always wanted children, but not having found a husband, she had long ago given up on the possibility. 
Then she heard about orphans in China who were being adopted out to Americans. She found out that she could be single, and as long as she fulfilled all the other criteria, she could make the trip to China and bring home her baby girl. We prayed together about this for a long time.、Um, she had told me that I was the only person she told about it because she figured I was the only one who wouldn't blab. Lori loved her little girl, and everything was going really, really well. But she couldn't get the picture of all the other children, the ones who had been left behind. She couldn't get that out of her head. And she thought it would be good if her first daughter had a little sister. So she got busy making arrangements and applications to adopt another baby girl from China. Everything was just about ready for Lori to make her second trip when she was contacted and told that the new baby she had been promised had been born with congenital hip dysplasia, and they were sure she wouldn't want her. But since the arrangements were all made, she could come, and she could select another child if she wanted to, like picking out a puppy at the SPCA. She cried. She prayed, and she thought over all of the pros and cons of being a single mother with one small child and bringing home another child who would have many, many years of difficult health issues that would have to be cared for. And she knew there were many, many other children who also needed a home. So she ultimately decided to choose another child. When she got there, there were many orphaned children, but something was nagging her, tugging at her to go and see the baby that she was actually supposed to have been coming to take home. She went to see that baby and. She told me that when she saw her, a feeling of deep, uncontrollable love and compassion fell on her from God. Even with so many other children who were in need and the terrific challenges she was going to face in raising this child, she said she had no choice but to take that baby home with her. Why that child? And not some other who was also in need. Both girls have thrived here. They are now strong, beautiful young women with promising futures. They're closer to one another than many biological sisters I know. The younger one, the one with the hip dysplasia, after several surgeries and so much time spent in casts up to here, unable to walk even for long periods of time. She became the most amazing dancer you'd ever want to see. And when she was in high school, and her older sister was just about to start college, Lori died from breast cancer. We prayed and prayed for her, and she fought so hard to hang on to her life. I don't know why she died, but I know that God does. And more than that, I know that God is holding her even now, even as God holds her precious girls while they remain here on earth. Something about why God does what God does and allows what God allows. Let's listen to this song and see if we can get a little glimpse of it. Like the grass, the grass withers and fades away. All flesh is like the grass, the grass withers and fades away. The glory of man, like a flower. That shrivels in the sun and falls. The glory of man, like.
like a flower that shrivels in the sun and falls. But the word of the Lord endures forever. The word. Like the grass, the grass withers and fades away. All flesh is like the grass. The grass withers and fades away. The glory of man, like a flower. Shrivels in the sun and falls. The glory of man, like a flower, it shrivels in the sun and falls. But the word of the Lord endures. To this song were taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah in chapter 40. For Christians, this chapter foretells the coming of John the Baptist, who would prepare the way for the glory of the Lord to be revealed to all humanity in Jesus Christ. It compares the glory of human beings to the grass and the flowers that quickly dry out, shrivel and fall to the ground, to the dust. But the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord endures forever. When Jesus saw the widow in the town of Nain, his compassion for her was so strong that her son was raised from death to life. Like Lori's experience, that sudden outpouring of great compassion for another human being came by God's Spirit and made the impossible possible. Moments like this cause miracles like this in our lives and the lives of those God touches through us because it's God's kingdom breaking through into this broken, fallen world, showing us what God can and will do in and through God's people. This miracle, the widow's son raised from death to life, is a powerful message about the resurrection that awaits all of us. It's a reminder of God's promise that there is resurrection life available for everyone who is willing to receive it. You know, this isn't the only time in the Bible that a child is raised from the dead and given back to his parents. Both the prophets, Elijah and Elisha, in the Old Testament, had compassion on the families of children who had died. They allowed God's powerful breath to move through them to bring those children back to life. The book of Acts, after Jesus had died and risen, tells us that both Peter and Paul prayed for people who had died, and they were restored to life. It seems Jesus is not the only person who may be empowered to do such miracles. In the Bible, 
there are 10 instances of dead people coming back to life. And not just 10 people, sometimes it was a lot of people. Even today, and here in the West, we might find this hard to believe. Even today, where people are opening to the outpouring of God's great compassion, the way it came on Jesus that day at Nain, there have been reports of people rising from the dead. These are testimonies of God's presence and action in our world. We can see the wonders of God's kingdom breaking in and sharing with us the hope we need for the day we will all see the resurrection God has promised to everybody. With the exception of Jesus, all the people in the Bible who were raised from the dead must have eventually died again, right? They're not here. But they remain for us a testimony to the hope of eternal life with God. They remain a glimpse of what God has in store for you and for me. So, How do we, as Christians today, fit into this? Miracles in this world today give us hope. Miracles are still a testimony of God's great compassion for all of creation. And we will never know when God's going to make something amazing happen in our lives and the lives of those God may touch through us. We have to just be open and and ready to receive it. We have to have faith. We have to be tuned in to God's Spirit and make ourselves available to discern the Spirit's leading. That, my friends, is what Christians are called to do. Jesus said, It is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. They will do even greater things than these. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. You know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me any longer But you will see me because I live. You also will live. The miracles that God has done in our world and that God continues to do are evidence of the truth of God's power in our lives today. Jesus said his disciples are to do everything he was doing and even greater things because God would send God's spirit into us so that through us, in Jesus' name, we can ask for anything. But there's a reason we are to do this. It's not to get what we want. Like God's some kind of a cosmic vending machine that serves our every whim. Jesus said he would do anything we ask for in his name for the purpose of bringing glory to God. Church, we demonstrate our love for God through our obedience to all God commands us to do. When we allow the Holy Spirit to move in us and through us, we become truly compassionate people with a passion to see God glorified in all we say and do. This is what makes it possible for God to break through into the lives of people in need. This is how we know what God would have us ask for in Jesus' name, church. We need to get our eyes off ourselves 
off of human reasoning about what we want, what we think will or won't work in our lives, what we think can and cannot happen because of our natural human experience. Lori couldn't imagine what to do with a baby who needed extensive medical care, but God could. The widow at Nain had lost her only son. What was she going to do? The whole town marched out with her, believing there was no hope. But Jesus had compassion on her. You know, there have been times in my life when I have been miraculously healed by God, and there have been times that I have laid hands on and prayed over people who have been miraculously healed. I have also been through times when I have had to endure suffering. But I know, no matter what's going on, that my Redeemer lives. I know something of what Paul experienced when he said, we are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed. We are perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. We carry around in our body always the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. The writer of Hebrews has also taught me a few things. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. He was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son of God, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. When Jesus was talking to his friend Martha about her brother Lazarus who had died, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. He asked her, do you believe this? Church, I ask you, do you believe this? This is cause for great joy right now. This is not just for some future time when we'll be in heaven. Heaven wants to break through into the world now through God's church. Paul wrote, with this same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus. This is for our benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. There it is again. Did you hear it? The reason for the miracles, the reason for us to rejoice in all God is doing in us and through us in the world is to cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Church, we have reason for great celebration no matter what our circumstances may be, we have the love of a compassionate God. Even though we can't always understand how our circumstances are working together, and even when things don't seem to be working out right at all, still, God's Spirit desires to work in us and through us to accomplish things we can't begin to imagine ourselves doing. We are among God's people who are called the church. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called to do what Jesus said when he told us we would do everything he was doing and even greater things. That's why God gave us the Holy Spirit. That's why God gave us spiritual gifts. If you're already allowing the Holy Spirit to move in you, to touch others through you, praise God and ask God to do even more for you, more in you, for God's glory. And if you're not, if you're a little timid about that or unsure about letting God do something new and unexpected in your life, 
Pray for boldness. Pray that God will help you discover your gifts and the power God has given you access to in God so that God will be glorified in your life in even greater ways. God's power, the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and that raises us up to eternal life in God is the the power. It is the power that fills us to be Christ's hand and feet. It's the power that fills us to be Christ's voice in this broken world so that this world may come to be healed, so that this world may come to rise from the dead with us and give glory to God. I think it's time to pray. We're going to pray together with the words on the screen. And then we're going to take a moment and pray in silence. Let's give ourselves fully to God in a new way today. God, I love you. I thank you for loving me. I ask your forgiveness for the times this past week when I have put myself and my desires ahead of you. Help me want more of what you want than what I want. Give me your spirit of wisdom and revelation so that I may know you better. Let the eyes of my heart be enlightened so I may know the hope you have called me to, the rich life you have promised me that is beyond my wildest dreams and the great power you have given me to do your will and obey your commands. Let that power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead fill me up so much that it overflows into the lives of the people you lead me to so you can help them through me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now let's just pray silently and seek to discern how God would work through us. God is moving in us and through us. That's what God does in the lives of Christians. And God transforms us, making us a little bit newer each and every day as we submit to the work of God in our lives. That means we're not going to be the same. That means we're going to be changed. That means the stuff in our lives that doesn't line up with God's will is going to start going away. And it's not going to come back if we stay submitted to God. God knew that we needed this. Long before we were even born, he knew we would need his power for this. And so he sent his son Jesus to take the penalty for sin, to die in our place. This proves his love for us. And so we can say to one another in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And if you would stand as you are able, we're going to sing. We're going to sing praise to God. We're going to give praise to God as the reason for our hope and joy. To the one who hears us and answers us, let's praise God and receive what he has for us. Amen? Amen.
Good time. 
offering us love and mercy. And so as we prepare for a table of grace with a community of believers set on that firm foundation, let's greet one another with the peace of the Holy Spirit. Jesus offers grace to everyone because of his great love. And so if you're here for the first time, or you've been here all along, you are welcome to participate at this table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you. And blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, 
to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks. And as he poured the cup, he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, poured out for you, poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this often in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward?
If you're able, I invite you to stand as we sing, He Lives. that he lives a lot, didn't you? Amen. Um, I want to remind you that um, there is um, a meeting at Clarence Center, uh, not Clarence Center, excuse me, at Clarence United Methodist on Griner Road this evening from 4 to 6 o'clock if you're interested in hearing about what's going on in the church so that you can know how to better pray for what's happening. Um, You're welcome to come to that gathering. And if you're not coming to that gathering, just seek the Holy Spirit. God will tell you how to pray. You'll be fine. Okay, but if you want to know some more information about what's going on, please come. Please come. God does want to do miraculous things in you and through you to show the world what power looks like when it comes out of true love and true compassion for others. It transforms us, it transforms the world around us. That is our calling, church. Amen? Amen. Let's seek it and live into it. Go in God's peace.